Hail and well met, and welcome to another episode of Self-Evident. My name is Bryn, and I am here with Alyssa, Kenna Rose, and Jenna. So today we're going to do a little bit of a culture update. I know since New Year's, a lot of things have happened, actually. So we have picked three topics that we're going to discuss today. So the first topic we're going to be discussing is the public domain. What has just happened recently? So... Mickey and Minnie, their earliest iterations, and actually Tigger, have all been released into the public domain. That is crazy. It kind of is, especially because those characters were so big in so many people's childhoods. Yeah, so with the public domain and with copyright laws, certain characters can be um, reserved to only be presented by a certain company. And in this case, it was Disney. Um, so Disney's had the rights to Mickey and Minnie and I think Tigger as well, unless it's the A.A. Milne version of Tigger. I'm not sure which version of Tigger it is. Okay. I think it's the same version of Tigger as the version of Pooh that was released into the public domain last year or the year before. Gotcha. So the one with Pooh, um, with, with the red shirt, that's still Disney's. Yes. Yes. The public domain is a collection of published works and other things that after a certain amount of time period anybody can take from them copyright laws do not apply to things in the public domain so you can use them and you can pretty much do whatever you want with them so if you wanted to take mickey mouse put him on a shirt and sell basically bootleg disney merch because this original iteration of mickey mouse is now in the public domain you could sell t-shirts and whatnot with mickey on them without having to get permission from disney that is really cool. But the original version of Mickey. According to um, Duke University, they have an article about um, the public domain. So they state that artists of all kinds, writers, musicians, filmmakers, painters, they rely on the public domain. Critic Northrop Fry says that poetry can only be made out of other poems and novels out of other novels. So it's basically what they're stating is that the public domain is so important because creators of today rely on creators of yesterday in order to inspire their works. That's really true and for some reason this is slightly off topic but I have noticed that the books and stories and films that draw off of other stories Mm -hmm. last a lot longer than and are just Mm -hmm. almost always better written. Yeah well I think Shakespeare I, th- I heard somewhere that Shakespeare even did that. He drew um, ideas and things yeah. from other works. They state, they state here books. that um, Romeo and Juliet itself would have infringed Arthur Brooks' The Tragical History of Romeo and Juliet, which in turn would have infringed several earlier Romeo and Juliet publications, all of which would probably have infringed Ovid's story of Pyramus and Thisbe. So Shakespeare also definitely used the public dona- domain to write his very, very popular story of Romeo and Juliet. It is very important that we have the freedom to be able to um, draw on from other works of literature and art. Agreed. But I will say that when I initially heard the news, I was was actually just very, very disturbed Mm -hmm. because when Winnie the Pooh, who was given into the public domain last year, had, as soon as he was released, there was announcements of horror films with Pooh and Piglet. And I would not have found this out if it weren't for my younger brother, who is just obsessed with disturbing me. So I get, on occasion, these delightful gifts. As little brothers do. In my texts of 
Apu coming to take my heart out with a knife. So I'm just really disturbed. Apparently, um, according to the Daily Wire, there are several new um, now scripts in play to make Mickey a um, horror film. Yeah, I actually did want to quote from it too because it was it was way too funny to not. What I found really funny about copyright laws in the public domain. So according to the Daily Wire, United States law allows a copyright to be held for 95 years. They do allow it to be extended, though. The allowing of the extension is sometimes referred to as the Mickey Mouse Protection Act. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> which makes me, but it makes sense because Disney wants to protect their image. Yes. And, I mean, though they haven't done as great a job recently, they don't want people to take Mickey, which so many people have beloved memories of and relate to a certain image and thing, and they don't want people to take Mickey and turn him into a horror film so like the um independent filmmaker steven lamort who is uh who released a statement announcing his intentions to capitalize on this new development of mickey being in the public domain and make mickey the main character in a horror film he says quote steamboat willie which is the version of mickey that is now in public domain it's the one everybody knows it's in the beginning of team was like and it's really cute it always it's just such a cozy feeling smile yes now they're turning it into so, Stephen Lamort says that Steamboat Willie has brought joy to generations, but beneath that cheerful exterior lies a potential for pure, unhinged terror. It's a project I've been dreaming of, and I can't wait to unleash this twisted take on this beloved character to the world. It all comes from our love of these characters, he said in an interview, because apparently Lamort also directed something called The Mean One, which is a horror film starring Dr. Seuss's character, The Grinch. Oh, no. So he says, as filmmakers, we're all kids in a sandbox. We love taking them out and playing with characters in different ways. It's not a desire to ruin these characters or to make a quick buck, but to love them and honor them and show them in a new light. I think the best way to respond to that is to quote not the bee and saying, but if you've been dreaming of taking a beloved cartoon mouse and making him a vehicle of terror, I don't think we're going to get along. End quote. (laughs) I have so many thoughts on this. One... You can do what you want to a certain extent in film and creation. And I think having things in public domain is a good idea to a certain extent. Like we were talking about earlier of inspiring other writers, inspiring other filmmakers, etc. However, I think there's a level of decorum and respect that you should have as a filmmaker, as a writer, that if there's a certain image that has been beloved by so many for an extensive period of time, I think that the best thing that you could do is respect that image instead of, oh, let's turn Mickey, that kids will want to go to Disney and get their Mickey ears and to drink out of a Mickey cup and to buy a Mickey pretzel bun. Let's turn that into a vehicle of murder. I just don't think that's good for kids to I have that in their childhood. I so agree with you. I so agree with you. Not I'm, everything has to be horror. We can have some peace and harmony in this world. Exactly. That's true. Well, apparently not. And at <laughs> least at least we know that Disney is going to be like concerned enough and Disney enough that they will be making sure that whatever people do with it does not step a single step outside the bounds of what is in public domain. So if it's like even close to the Disney, like the newer versions, because newer versions of Mickey are still copyrighted. So you do know Disney is going to be keeping a very close watch on that. Oh, I hope so. I do not want to have any gifts of this absolute 
terror monster. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, not that we posted an article that said now that Mickey is... Or here's the headline. Immediately after Steamboat Willie become public domain, a bunch of radicalized Mickey memes started circulating. <laughs> and so it's just Steamboat Willie with a speech bubble above Mickey's head saying conservative things. I love that so much. So anyway. <laughs> with that. I don't know what to do with the fact that Mickey's in the public domain. <laughs> I think I think it's we should also put this in context. Uh, Kenna is a huge Disney fan. She it's really, true. Really I try not it. to be, but um, <laughs> you know they're good storytellers. Well, that for and the majority it was such a huge yeah. part of my childhood too. It really was. So, that's true. I don't like what they're doing now. Yes, but, but it's it's I the nostalgia class. aspect right. that really disturbs you about this. We found our tickets for the first time we ever went to Disney in two thousand five in a closet the other day. Oh. That's that so is, beautiful. And a picture from Minnie and that had been signed for Ellie and I for happy birthday when yeah. we were like four That's so or whatever. Sweet. No, no matter how bad modern Disney gets, nothing is going to ruin the original Disney. The original animated Cinderella, the original Snow White. I loved Cinderella. All of the original animation of so the good. Disney princesses, nothing's going to ruin that for me. I completely I don't care how bad agree. Disney gets. I'm always going to be a fan of the, the OGs. The classic. The classic, classic Disney. Yep. Thank yep. you, Walt Disney. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our second topic of today, um, we're going to talk about Harvard's 30th president, Claudine Gay. So she just resigned from allegations of plagiarism. So Claudine Gay was chosen to be Harvard's president back i think in december of 2022 and she only lasted six months Mm -hmm. shortest tenure in their history so funny Mm -hmm. and she was i believe a professor of race and politics or something like that we definitely need one of those that makes so much sense it truly does though now i can't figure out if that was like her actual job the connections okay question if she is a professor of race and politics why did she need to plagiarize? Is she truly that dumb? She just copied the Emancipation Proclamation okay, so 14 <laughs> times. Claudine Gay gives tearful resignation speech entitled Kennedy was They've done so many things. They did one article that said critics began to suspect Claudine Gay's novel. Thing like Uncle Tom's Larry Cabin? Potter and <laughs> the <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban plagiarized or something like that. And it was... And they went through and they changed the first letter of every character's name. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty. Did she actually quote that? It's It's Babylon. Okay. (laughs) No, but seriously, she seems to be that dumb that she would quote it to make a statement. But maybe I should start acting this dumb. Maybe I'll get somewhere in life. Honestly. I don't really know what these words have to do with her resignation, but the words are so beautiful. <laughs> so the one fourth-year student who attended this speech, it's a tragedy to lose such a gifted writer and orator. Okay, I want to read this. <clears throat> Harvard President Claudine Gay is facing new plagiarism allegations following accusations earlier this week that she had plagiarized portions of her 1997 Ph.D. dissertation and three other published works. Investigators now suspect Gay's novel, Larry Potter and the Sorcerer's Rock, may also have been plagiarized. That is so beautiful. <laughs> Beloved characters of Larry Potter, Donald Measley, and Hermanent Goonger came from my own brilliant black and gay mind. Additionally, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Okay. There's so no, no, many. 
comfortable at this They're point. They're so mean. Okay. Fox News, as of 8.05 this morning, published that Harvard President Claudine Gay faces six new plagiarism charges. And actually, the total number has nearly reached 50. So that she's been... insane. Yeah. Wow. She's been alleged as plagiarizing part of her doctorate, dissertation, and other published works. So... And this surprise, surprise, <laughs> at 3.07 p.m., CNN released that Claudine Gay has resigned the presidency of Harvard University amid the allegations, and she has the shortest tenure in Harvard history. Which is pretty insane. Yeah, six months. The original story of plagiarism accusations broke after the Senate hearing in which um, the presidents of several Ivy League schools refused to answer whether or not calling for genocide of Jews violated their school's codes of conduct, right? Yes, that's correct. And Harvard, too, stuck by her throughout the plagiarism accusations. Um, But more than 50 counts? I know. It's insane. And even her PhD dissertation, I believe, she was said to have plagiarized parts of that. I mean, plagiarism allegations are actually very easy to find out if they're true because we have chat gpt we have other search engines where if you put someone's paper in it it can tell you if any of the wording was sourced from another place right well that and if you know somebody's saying hey you plagiarized from me you can just take the two papers put them side by side exactly i actually did see i think not the b put a comparison of what she wrote next to what somebody was saying she plagiarized from and it's word for word almost not entirely but almost word for word. Right. Which the interesting thing about her is that she's not coming at the attacks from a intellectual perspective where I, as a college graduate, would never plagiarize any of my work. She's not coming at it from that angle, although she does mention that her biggest reason for why she's upset is because she's playing the race card. She says in her statement, It has been, quote, frightening to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus. So she's basically saying these people are just attacking me because I'm black. Oldest trick in the book. Well, trying to use the identity politics race card. It it really reminds me of what happened in the Capitol recently where, you know, a gay staffer filmed a very, very explicit video in the Senate hearing room and then decided to excuse his actions by being like, I am a victim here. They're just calling me out because I am gay. Well, when you start basing identities and value off of what you identify as or what you can view on the outside, mm-hmm. it takes away like personal responsibility and it takes away true value. Because, I mean, the biblical view of it is we're made in God's image. Mm-hmm. We're valuable because of that. And God has created us for certain things. And so we have a responsibility to do certain things because of this. Yeah. I was listening to a Jordan B. Peterson podcast um, the other day about socialism. And he was talking about how one of the things that they did is they group people together. Mm -hmm. And so, and and that's one of the things that they're doing in America is they're grouping people together. It's intersectionality. I was going to say, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. what identity politics and intersectionality theory is. It's another form of Marxism. Mm -hmm. Um. But one thing I thought interesting is a lot of people in, like, the 
I want to say elitist groups, but that sounds, I don't know if that's the no, right thing to say. No, that would be a great way to say it. Well, they've been defending her. And it's just interesting. I always find it interesting to see the way people phrase things, because if you change a couple words here and there, you can make it sound like you're saying something you're not saying. And so I'm reading another Not the Bee article. Um, a Which is completely different from the bee. That's very, that's, that's a good point to make. Um <laughs> A CNN reporter was saying that she wasn't being accused of stealing ideas, but copying other people's writings without attribution. So plagiarism. Right. But it's just interesting to see the way the word game is played. You know what I mean? Yeah. He who controls the dictionary controls the game. It's very true. And here's the thing why I'm leaning towards believing the allegations is because it'd be very easy for her to say, I did not plagiarize and I can prove it. Here is my paper. Put it through any intellectual search engine to find where I sourced from that I didn't give credit to. You're not going to find it because I didn't do it. And she would have stayed as president and this would have blown over. But the fact that she resigned after six months, it's very telling that she wants out of the spotlight. She wants this to blow over and she doesn't want this to be on her record yeah, because she's resigning before being fired. Yes, especially because I don't think Harvard was going to do anything. Why we're covering this story for our listeners is because it's very important to understand that it does not matter if you're looking into the college field. It doesn't matter what college you go to. What matters is that you keep your integrity. Make sure you're the best student you can be, the best employee. You do everything for the glory of God. It doesn't matter if you go to Harvard or if you go to a small community college, because as we see, even with big name universities, they have people there that do not believe in integrity, that don't believe in the traditional Harvard values, because we see a lot the push for the Ivy League school. You want to go to Harvard. You want to go to UCLA. And yet you look at the people that are in charge of these institutions, and there's really nothing desirable there. So I would just be careful when you're looking at whatever college you're wanting to go to, look at who's on top. Are there any news stories about them? Mm-hmm. Who's gonna take charge of Harvard's presidency now? I would look into them. You wanna know who's in charge of your institution because that's gonna tell you a lot about the quality of education you're gonna get and the values that they're trying to instill in you. And then what about for our the, the first topic with Di- uh, Disney? I was gonna yeah. say we should, then draw a comparison between what's the difference between using what's in the public domain and plagiarism. I have a feeling that our listeners already know, because, I mean, our <coughs> listeners are smart. But um, Well, no, I, I want to know. Right, well, because <laughs> things in the public domain, you're allowed to quote them extensively without having to... Um, give credit? No, I think you still have to, let me see, give credit... But you're allowed to quote it extensively, um, whereas copyrighted items, you can only quote, I think, like a paragraph or something without okay. having to get permission. Okay. So you can use them as a basis for things, hence the numerous fairy tale retellings. They're all in the public domain. Like Disney Snow White, that was based off of something within the public domain. Correct. And now most people think of Disney's version before they actually think of the original fairy tale. I mean, how many Cinderella retellings have we seen with the high school versions of Cinderella? So plagiarism and public domain, like you're saying, are completely different. Whereas Mm -hmm. public domain, you need to give credit 
and you can only quote to a certain degree, whereas plagiarism, you are quoting something and taking it as if it's your original right. idea. You are saying that, plagi- or in plagiarism, you are saying that the thing you wrote is entirely something you came up with on your own. It's your original right. idea. You're not giving credit, whereas in the public domain, those are things you are allowed to quote extensively from, and actually, there's no limit on how much you can quote what's if in the public, in public domain. domain. Right. Okay. Right. So, okay, so... And what's in the public domain is you actually don't have to cite the original author. So actually with works in the public domain too, you don't have to cite the original author. But you also can't own anything in the public domain. So if you have a copyright, you actually own that work and the proceeds and the money from that work goes to you. If it's in the public domain, nobody owns it. So Where does the money go? Just like to I have no idea. That is very interesting how the politics of that would work out. Right. No one owns this, but it's just floating around somewhere. Right. <laughs> right. I would say if you're going to quote things in the public domain, still cite it oh, because definitely. it's just kind of disrespectful not to. So our last topic for today is about Trump and how he has been he's being removed from many ballots off of yes, from different states. Yes. So um Colorado took him off. Didn't they put him back on eventually after a federal judge? Right now, Maine has Maine still has him off of their ballot, so people cannot vote for him. Well, because I know originally when Colorado took him off, they had actually added a thing in their ruling that you couldn't even write him in, saving democracy by making it so you can't vote. So no, as of today. Um, Maine and Colorado's decision still stands. They've been both really? appealed. Um, Colorado's decision has been appealed to the um, state Supreme Court or, yeah, state high court in Colorado. And then Maine, uh, Trump is appealing to the Supreme Court. So it'll be a matter of weeks before we figure out if this is going that- to stand or not. And Kenna, why is this, why should people care about this? It's just entirely unbelievable, first of all. But two, I mean, we have a constitutional system in place whereby we are supposed to be able to elect the representatives we want to be in charge of our country, to represent us in government, to make our rules and our laws. And they are beholden to the Constitution. And taking Trump off of the ballot in these different states is just downright unconstitutional. It's taking away freedom of who to vote for and who yeah. to choose to be your representative. So the decision is not we the people, it's we the government. Right. Russia has this in place where you have to vote for Putin. He's the only one on the ballot. They <laughs> but this is That's where this we is have leading. a democracy. <laughs> your voting is censored. Your speeches, they're trying to censor your speech. And now they're trying to censor your voting. That the only option on the ballot is either if we go to the general election and Trump wins a primary, we'll see. I'm sure he will win the primary. That's how it's looking in the polls right now. But if it goes to a general election and Trump is not on the ballot for some states, the only person on the ballot is going to be Biden or you don't vote. Yeah. That's the only option you have. Well, and the thing is, too, in the 
ruling in Colorado, and I don't know if it's the same in Maine, but I do know in Colorado, they actually included a thing that said you couldn't even write Trump's name in. Yeah. So not only is he not on the ballot, you aren't supposed to be able to write his name in either, which is just entirely... Which I would like to ask what the penalty is if I do write him in. Right. What are you going to do? Right. I wonder if they stated a penalty, if you're fine. It just goes to show how... We do need to be careful and keep watch over what is going on in our country because I relate to that. (laughs) It's a very slow slide into chaos, but if you look and see what life was like even five years ago, it was so different from what it is now. I mean, we literally have giant arguments over whether or not some speech should be legal. Right. That, and let's keep in mind that he is being taken off of the ballot for something that has not been proven that he's done. They're claiming that the reason they're taking him off of the ballot is because he was indicted. Well, yes, but he's innocent until proven guilty. That's the way the rule of law is supposed to work. Why on earth are we reversing this rule in our country now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. You can trace a parallel between as belief in God fades, so does morality and an understanding of basic human rights, because you don't get an understanding of basic human rights unless you have an understanding of who God is. And I'm reading this book by Andrew Wilson about called Remaking the World, How 1776 Created the Post-Christian West. Unless anybody gets concerned, it's not just about America. It's about the entire world. (laughs) because apparently a lot of crazy books were published in 1776 and conversations had. But um, you can have tribes in Africa, right? And their moral system is entirely different to the moral system of Europe or the moral system of China. Because Voltaire was talking about the idea of basic human rights and needing to um, understand, be enlightened, and have the idea that basic human rights are something everybody should ascribe for. But the thing is, he also was a strong advocate against Christianity. He despised Christianity. And the author was making the point that the only reason Voltaire sees basic human rights as such an important part of human flourishing is because he grew up and lived in a society that believed in biblical values and principles. Because if he grew up, say, in China or even in Russia, he would not have that same idea. So even though he's so adamantly protesting Christianity, the only reason Voltaire had those ideas was because he, he was grew steeped in it. Right. That is that is so true. At its heart, being innocent until proven guilty comes from scripture. It comes from God's law. And you've said this so many times, kind of how, you know, America has just lost its morals because we have not, we've lost our way. We do not now look at God as our the top priority in our lives. And now we're starting to see this in our laws in not only in, just not only in culture anymore, where this is going to affect a national election of who is going to be our leader that's so that's true and the president has the most power of anybody in our world currently Mm -hmm. and 
they have the ability to change a lot. Yeah. Even so, just with what's it called? Um, like those things where the, they basically bypass like Congress. How do we fight against this? Because we see all of this that is happening and how. Would I mean I believe that that is unconstitutional to take away the right to vote for that specific person um or i mean just like in general how how do we as people fight against that i would say that to that question that we need to look in the constitution and it says we the people so we need to understand that we are we the people are the ones that rule the nation. It's not the president, it's not our mayors, it's not our governors. Though they represent us in some capacity and leadership, we are the ones that are ruling. Hence why we have democratic representative elections every four years for a president, for a governor, sometimes, right? I think mayors are four years as well representatives are two years I think they have two-year terms for you to understand that that you have the authority to have an involvement in government most of the things that you can do are actually pretty simple when you see bills come across Illinois law for those of us who live in Illinois or if you do live in Colorado or Maine where this has happened you have a responsibility to call your representatives to call your senators to email them to contact them in some way and demand that the rule of law be upheld, that their position is to represent and uphold the Constitution, and they, that they are not doing that. And it's important that we vote in our elections. It's important that we vote good representatives in, that we vote in good Supreme Court justices for our states. And that you look into who you're voting for. Exactly. Oh, Don't just vote for what the news says or, or what so, those around you say. Exactly. So coming up in January... Illinois Family Institute is going to release a voter guide that you can call and ask for, that you can um, you can go to it online, you can get it through email, and it's going to give you your district number. So when you register to vote, they give you a little card in the mail. It tells you your district number on the top. So in the voter guide, you can go find your district, you can go see the candidates that are running for office, and you can do homework on them. But guess what? Illinois Family Institute has already done the homework for you. So you can see exactly what they think about the transgender movement. You can see what they think about the abortion issue. And you can make an informed Christian decision on who you want to represent you and make your vote there. The voter guide is super helpful. I know I use it every year. It makes voting the easiest thing in the world. I'm in and out in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Another thing, too, and how I think you would fight against things like this and stand up to it is our country is so divided. Honestly, it's like we have two separate countries. Within our country, we are so divided. It's a moral civil war right, right now. I mean, it is a genuine moral civil war. I think, honestly, this might just sound lame or boring, but one of, I think, the best ways that you can work to try to make things better is to live a good, genuine Christian life. Be extraordinary at the ordinary, to Absolutely. use an unbound phrase. When we live life the way we're asked to in the Bible, people can see that there's something different. One of my mom's friends used to say that you should shine so bright darkness wants to flee, talking about how you live your Christian life. 
And I think if we who believe in the Lord actually start living our lives with a focus on that as the most important thing, everything will change for the better. And it may not even be in this life. We know God's in control. Ali Bestucki recently put out t-shirts. Actually, it's probably not recently, probably six <laughs> months ago. I got one for Christmas. It's uh, her do, ne- do the Next Right Things sweater, or you can get it as a t-shirt. And it's pulled from a Corey Ten Boom quote. And it's do the next right thing in faith with excellence and for the glory of God. That that is God's will for your life. That you do the next right thing in faith with excellence and for his glory. So if that means that you say something at school when a topic is being discussed in your classroom and your teacher is saying something that is anti-biblical, maybe that means that you speak up in that moment. If it means that you show kindness to someone who is showing bitterness and hatred towards you, If it means that you're of the age and it's time for you to vote, that you go vote. It's little things like that that turn the tide of culture. It's so true. It's ordinary people doing the next right thing. With that being said, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. And in the words of VeggieTales, God made you special and he loves you very, very much. Goodbye.